This episode is brought to you by the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Discover all of our shows at slashandcast.network. If anyone around me got a bloody nose and decided to reach for a sheet or a blanket, I think I would fucking flip out. Welcome to the Conjecturing Horrorish Podcast. With me is Laura. Hi. <laughs> and and Greg. Oh, hey, what's going on, guys? See you there. Uh, how's uh? How you guys feeling today? A little down like me? Mm. I can't do it. <laughs> <laughs> you can't keep going with the. Uh, can't keep going, Laura. <laughs> Lock your I wings, just Laura. laughed Lock your so. <laughs> <laughs> I channeled Eeyore there. That was channeling Eeyore for my. Yeah. Like I've never heard that tone come out of your mouth. Before. Yeah, I know. It was fantastic. <laughs> and um, it was like slower than I thought it was going to be. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah, if uh, if you guys are listening, we watched Butterfly Effect, which is very dark and very grim. So uh, we decided to start a little uh, a little down, you know. Um, yeah, but, don't you didn't put your your speed on on point five speed on your podcast no. player. Don't worry. <laughs> That was normal listen. speed. Yeah, you guys, sorry if you're listening, you're like, man, the file's fucked up. It's corrupted, you know. <laughs> sorry, guys, it was just us. Uh, yeah, but uh, let's get happy now. Let's get happy. We're recording. Uh, we're in the gold room. Uh, we're not choking our own fetuses, so we'll talk about that later. Uh, <laughs> how you guys? How you guys doing tonight? How's the gold room going? It's good. Oh. Good. It's good. Yeah, I feel like a butterfly flapping around here. I feel like oh. I've been here before. Um, mm. maybe we have, I don't know. Lloyd handed me the drink menu. I couldn't really read it. The letters were starting to pop off the page, but oh. he brought me a drink anyway. So I'm that's happy true, about that. That's true. That's nice. true. I'm, I'm afraid to like read my notes from last night. I'm afraid to like look at them and read them. I'm afraid I'm going to go back and, and have to re-experience uh, watching this movie or, yeah. you know, eating yeah, a don't pizza. Do it. Well, if I eat a pizza again, that'd be pretty cool. But, uh, you know, um, <laughs> like we said, yeah, we're watching, uh, we're watching butterfly effect this week. Uh, but, but first we wanted to talk to Laura real fast because Laura went on a trip. Uh, we just kind of want to ask her some questions about her spooky trip she went on. So I don't know if anybody listening, trip? yeah, if, uh, if anybody listening, yeah, if you were seeing on Twitter and Instagram, Laura posted some pics of her trip she took with her husband. Uh, so how was it, Laura? It was awesome. I went to Portland, Oregon, and I didn't think it would be a spooky trip. You know, I thought we would just do a little <laughs> bit of hiking, a little bit of drinking, some good eating. But it was a little spooky because first we were placed in room 1408 mm, in our hotel. Creepy. Which is on the 13th floor because there was no 13th floor. So mm. simple math there. Mm -hmm. uh, but what was really cool was we went to this bar. It's a new bar in Portland. It's called Raven's Manor. And it is Halloween in there all year long. I mean, everything is decked out. Even the ceilings, the bathrooms, all the bartenders, all the drinks on the menu, all the food on the menu. It was so rad. So um, we have a really awesome video of it on TikTok that Greg made. Nice. So yeah, I mean, I, I hope people can make it out to Portland to check it out. And I just feel like I got a good sense that they have a good, like spooky fan base there. Mm. You know, yeah. I, I got a very yeah. like 
cool spooky vibe from portland so because mm-hmm. you, yeah, you were you were te- you were telling us you guys were wearing your, your pod shirts you were wearing our pod shirts and you were, we were talking yeah. to people about the pod and stuff like that you know yes uh, <laughs> <laughs> does that feel weird for you to do that i haven't been in in the situation to ever do it yet so i don't know it was great so what happened was is i was sitting outside and my husband went in to get some drinks and all of a sudden he comes out with our beers and the bartender, and the bartender is walking super fast towards me. I mean, swinging his arms. And I knew right away, I was like, we have the shirts on. I think he's coming out here to talk to me about it. <laughs> and sure enough, he sat down. He was like, look it. I just looked at your episodes. I saw you did Lake Mungo. And he went off on a whole spiel. Nice. And it was so many things that we talked about. And I was like, oh, man, you got to listen to the episode. Because he was like, <laughs> he was in the camp of, I don't get it. I don't get why people like this movie. But then I learned a little <laughs> bit more about him. Found out that he likes movies like Tusk. He oh. likes Hereditary. Interesting. Which I do too. But mm-hmm. yeah. So, uh, yeah, it was really fun. A lot of passionate passionate folks out there. Had a the good dishes time. dishes looked really tasty. I, I saw something that looked like um, the, the scream mask, but they made it into like a pancake or a churro. Or they like were, um, oh, shoot. I don't remember what they're called. Like a, like a funnel cake? Funnel, funnel cake. cake. Yeah, they were funnel cakes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and they look like wow. little scream masks. That's yeah. so cool. That's so cool. Yeah, I mean, we definitely were talking on the on the on our Discord, you know, being like, oh, my God, we need to tr- plan like a pod trip there where mm-hmm. we all like go there for the week and we hang out, maybe record like anniversary show or some shit like that or Halloween episode. But that'd be such a fun time just to go chill up there and oh, experience yeah. that. Yeah. And if any of our listeners live in Portland, I mean, send us an email. Tell us more. I feel like yeah. I was only there for three days and there's so much more I could have explored. So. Yeah, super cool. Super yeah. cool, super cool. Uh, yeah, but let's get to this episode. Like I said, we're doing a butterfly effect this week. Uh, so what are you guys wearing tonight? Uh, Laura, what do you got going on? I am dressed as Evan or Ashton Kutcher. I have on my, uh, jean jacket and my hair is a little crazy and I got my earring. And, uh, what I have is I have some tissue, which I'm going to shove up my nose here. <laughs> To prevent a bloody nose. Well, you should just do the whole pod like that so your audio sounds like you're nasally the whole no. day. No? No? I just wanted you guys to hear it for a second. <laughs> okay. It. It's really uncomfortable, actually. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, okay, Greg, what do you what do you got going on tonight? So I'm I'm coming in as uh, one of the rushes or, or pledges, I say, and so I've got the little pot. <laughs> nice. Um, I don't know. Is this, like a, this must be like a haze. Do people actually haze that way or do they make that up where you put a put a pot in someone's head and you bang it around a little bit. Uh, no idea. I'll tell you this though. I made the big, you know, this is a salad spinner bowl and I didn't know that. And they usually, they have some type of like sharp point in oh. the middle. Oh so no. When I put it on earlier, I just plopped it on my head, not knowing that. And it, <laughs> it hurt. I felt like someone dinged me. So like, you're, Ouch. you're full on bleeding from your head, not your nose. Yeah. Wow. So you, I need to put some <laughs> tissues up there. Oh wow. wow. That's crazy. That's so funny. But that's 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 cool, Greg. You had the little uh, what are they? The Greek letters oh, on the there Greek and letters, everything. Yeah, there it is. Did, is it, I did, the beta. Did, oh, okay. I was going to say, is that the one from the actual pledge they were in the movie? Yeah, I think what they do in these in these movies where you have to use a, a fraternity or a, or a sorority, they make up a combination of letters that doesn't exist. So oh. I think it's not an actual, you know, because you they can't, don't exist. No, that doesn't exist because I think you can't. Uh, offend an actual organization so oh. this combination is made up i believe 
Wow, I'd be the beta. I thought by now, like, we've had so long in history of all these freaking fraternities that, like, every combo would have been done by now. You would think, but run the math. You'd run the Hmm. math. It's a lot. It's a lot. Wow. If you want me to sing it, I I will. (laughs) Sing what? Oh, the alphabet? Do you know it? Can you do, like, what Ashton did in this movie? Uh... I'm rusty, which is why I have a little cheat sheet. But yeah, it's Alpha, Beta, Gamma, Delta, Epsilon, Zeta, Eta, Theta, Iota, Captain, Lambda, Mu, Nu, Xi, Omicron, Pi, Rho, Sigma, Tau, Epsilon, Phi, Chi, Psi, Omega. Yeah, oh, There you go. Very good. I Here's didn't know it. it. It came with the song. That was awesome. That's how we learned it. I can't tell if that's the end sound by or the opening sound by. I don't know yeah. yet, but I'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's cool. That's cool. Good job, Laura. Nice. Good job. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm just, uh, I just have a bloody nose. You know, my, my, my brain is getting reworked as we speak. I think, uh, it's, it's either erasing memories or putting in memories. I'm not exactly sure, but, uh, yeah, I just have blood flowing out of my nose. That's it tonight. So I might have to nice. bar- borrow some, uh, one of Laura's tissues. At least maybe we could each have one in one nostril. That'll be a little bit better. You're going to borrow the tissue that was already up in my nostril? That's Are we that close bro. now? It's yeah. okay. Yeah, okay. we've been doing this. We've been doing this long enough, Laura. It's okay. It's all right. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. So, yeah. So, if you guys want to see these pics, you got to check out Instagram and Twitter at Conjecturing Pod. And uh, are you guys wearing any merch tonight? Do you guys have any merch on? I got my horror life shirt on. Um, we got that one on. Do you guys have any horror stuff on? I have got... The uh, Astro Aesthetic shirt, but I've yes. got the tan version. Oh, love it. it looks, looks nice. great. I love this shirt. Nice. Very comfy, cool, too. Cool. And I'm wearing our Equitals. Got Equitals on? Yes. Nice. Yeah. So if anybody wants to check out the merch, check out our store, tpublic.com slash user slash conjecturing pod. Uh, so let's see what we're drinking tonight. Let me get the drop going here. What's in the cups? All right. So what are we drinking tonight, Laura? We're drinking beer. Like frat boys and girls should, right? Oh, a little frat beer, nice. Yeah, mm-hmm. I'm drinking a, uh, I'm drinking a New England style IPA or a, mm-hmm. a hazy, a nice juicy hazy. What about you guys? Nice. Yeah, uh, I've got a, I've got a pineapple wheat ale. So mm-hmm. it's got blood orange, strawberry, pineapple, and is it good? It is good. Nice. Very good. Nice, nice. I'm just doing an 805. That's usually my go-to beer. Uh, I'm drinking out of the bottom, though. I'm drinking at the bottom to chug that thing, you know? Yeah. <laughs> you're starting <laughs> yeah. from the beginning. <laughs> I was trying to think of the drink that made me think of a frat house the most, and mm-hmm. it was between beer, jello shots, oh, or yeah. getting a full-on ice sculpture where you put your mouth, where everyone else has put their mouth, on the <laughs> bottom of the ice sculpture – and some like flavored Smirnoff makes its way down the ice sculpture Smirnoff. in your mouth. I mean, come on. Does this ring a bell for that's anybody? A, that's a frat thing. That's a frat thing. Doing oh, yeah. that. Oh, wow. That's interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. I don't, that does not sound appealing at all. <laughs> you never had those days, Rob? You go to a party and. No. Someone's got an ice sculpture ice there. Shots. Yeah, I love those parties. <laughs> you know no, what I'm talking about, that. right? They yeah, have yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. I, oh. I, yeah, I've never, I've never been in that situation. Sorry. No, I'm more of a, a shot out of the belly button guy, you know? But, uh, you know. Oh, wow. <laughs> my, okay. my, own belly, my own belly button. Yeah. <laughs> But let's uh, let's move on. Let's move on. Don't stop picturing uh, me with a drink in my belly button. Um, so let's uh, let's do show news and updates real fast. We just want to remind everybody listening: if they like our show, to please rate, review our podcast, whatever platform you're listening to it on. Uh, a quick ad read, real fast. Uh, this episode is sponsored by Amazon Music Unlimited. With Amazon Music Unlimited, listeners get unlimited access to over 70 million songs, on-demand music, which is always ad-free, and are able to listen offline with unlimited skips. By signing up with our promo link, you can get Amazon. 
Amazon Music Unlimited free for 30 days and cancel at any time. So go to getamazonmusic.com slash conjecturingpod to get started. Um, let's see, do we got any, I don't think we got any listener comments or questions, anything like that. Uh, follow up from previous shows. Do you guys got anything from previous shows? Last week we did 2010's Insidious. Uh, nice. Greg, did you put on any lipstick? Uh, anything like that? <laughs> no, but I, I, I have to share the fact that my wife really didn't appreciate me singing that, that oh. tulip song like at midnight. <laughs> you know, she was downstairs and just hearing that echo and reverberate through the halls. She said I was creeped out beyond belief. So, um, <laughs> thanks guys for making me do that. Peer pressure right on. Uh, look forward it to the next so one. It was so worth it. <laughs> it was so worth it. So that was, it was right, like. You told her that. I will. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> it was like, yeah, we were we knew we could get Greg to do it live. We knew that, mm-hmm. you know, enough peer pressure he would do it. But I didn't think he was gonna nail it. He nailed yeah. it on that delivery. It was so <laughs> awesome. So good, man. Yeah, I think we had a couple people on Twitter like shout out Greg's rendition as like, you know, Seriously. like 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 <laughs> so awesome, you know, thumbs up, but also so horrifying. So mm-hmm. yeah. good job, man. Good job, man. You might be able to do like a be a voiceover actor or something like that. Oh you know? yeah. Good plan B. <laughs> good plan B, yeah. Uh do you have anything, Laura, from that episode? No, just I thought it was great. And uh yeah, I mean I, I have that song stuck in my head daily now, and I hope it goes away one day, but I don't know. In my head it's Greg singing it, so Oh, okay. Pretty, maybe, it's pretty rad. Yeah, I mean, it's not as bad. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Rob, yeah. when are you going to rewatch that movie and uh, bump up your rating? Oh, yes. <laughs> I don't know, man. I have to wait for one of our special episodes or something like that. You, you saw know? the poll, right? I think most people are in favor of, of my combination, which oh, was. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Conjuring. I put, right? Yeah, I put, up a t- I put up a Twitter poll of like, you know, because we talked about Conjuring, Sinister, and Insidious, like ranking them, being similar movies, family ish you know, centric horror movies. And definitely seems like Conjuring, of course, is usually number one for everybody. But the, Always, yeah. I was surprised. Yeah, Sinister and Insidious, it was pretty close flopping back and forth, which I was surprised about. Um, yeah, so maybe, I don't know, maybe I need I to it. revisit it. But, uh, yeah. you know, be a later date, Greg, later date. You okay, know? okay. Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah. Second anniversary for sure. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so let's get to this movie this week. So we're doing Butterfly Effect. Uh, this was a conjecture choice from my mom. Uh, uh, what is it? At Rob. 28 mom on twitter with two b's uh so my mom she just told me when i was hanging out the other day at the house you know uh she wanted to watch this movie i said why she said it's summer we could watch, we could talk about butterflies and i'm like okay i don't know if you've ever seen the movie mom but okay you know <laughs> so if she's listening i don't know if you watched the movie mom but definitely send us in another email or next time i come over tell me what you thought about this because uh i don't know if this is what you were expecting <laughs> well um, well it's definitely she- a horror movie she nailed that yeah, yeah, but I, if she has seen this movie previously, then my only question is, why do you hate us so much? <laughs> <laughs> Rob, I think she's trying to send you a message, you know, uh, mm. take take better care of your mother if you have to go back in time oh. to, to fix things. That's probably true. That's probably true. Yeah, I probably sh- I'll work on that. I'll work. That's probably why my nose is bleeding. I'm trying really hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we get into more of the movie, let's do our horror uh, segment of the week real fast. Let me get the drop going here. Okay, we've got a question this week, or question. Uh, so this question, we've done these ones before with similar movies. Uh, this movie is kind of a time reality based movie. So I wanted to ask you guys, like, if you had to pick one of these three movies to be stuck in and kind of relive the moments of it, which one would you pick? We got, of course, Butterfly Effect. We also have from our episode 22, Triangle. Uh, which is pretty much being stuck uh, in purgatory, hell, I don't know what you want to call it. 
And then we also have episode 61, Coherence, which you're kind of <laughs> stuck in uh, alternate time loop reality uh, effect. All per- all fucked up, all messed up, all with messed up endings, too. Um, but uh, what do you think, Laura? Which of those three movies would you rather be stuck in? Easy. I'm going Coherence. I'm getting Easy. drunk with all the other Lauras that show up. Uh, yeah, that, that's that. That's it. I, I, yeah. Oh, so you're just you're pretty much you're doing Coherence. You're just going to stay in the house. I'm going to uh, stay in the house. If drink. other Lauras come mm. to me, I'm going to offer her wine. We're mm-hmm. going to be fine. I'm going to be like, you're going to be gone by the morning. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> okay i'm chilling i'm st- i'm staying safe yeah, i'm playing staying it safe, safe. I mean, you should have known i mean you take the out al- the the cocktail alcohol route that's that's, that's true that's true mm-hmm. yeah yeah all right what about you greg what do you think between butterfly effect triangle and coherence uh this may be a radical pick i'm actually gonna say butterfly effect wow interesting yeah i mean as much as <laughs> so much crazy shit happened in this movie but i do believe that evan depending on which ending ending you're talking about i feel like he emerged like a butterfly out of of a cocoon on the other side of this movie in a better state than he was going into it. So wow, yeah, wow. So you're so you're picking it because you want to be a better person and progress. That's why I want to evolve. I want to metamorphosize. What's the word? <laughs> Are you sure you just don't want to be a butterfly? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but you realize that you might have permanent like brain hemorrhaging because of it. I don't know. He wound up being a, a professional, and uh, mm-hmm. he seemed fine to me. Yeah, that's kind of true. That's kind of true. Um, yeah, for me, oh man, this is a tough one. Like, uh, I mean, I, I get Laura's appeal of just drinking the whole time. Um, <laughs> and but staying I said, in the house. Oh, I'm yeah. agoraphobic anyway. So <laughs> I'm no. still afraid of that movie of the the crazy random Rob running in to beat the shit out of me. So I'm not going to do that one. Um, triangle, man, too fucked up to be honest with you. Like you don't, you don't, it's like you don't win. Like there's no, it's not a happy ending. You know, I have to end up killing myself and I think my child dies, I guess at one point. So I'm not doing that one. I, Cause I'm like Greg, I gotta see butterfly effect because like you said, Greg, at the end, he does live happily ever after, I guess, at least somewhat in a and, sense. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe I can change some wrongs from my past. You know, maybe I'll be thin in a new life. You know, maybe I'll go back to when I was 12 and I'm like, put that pizza down, fatty, you know, and oh smack God, it out of my hand. Rob, you know? Don't say that. Jeez. <laughs> you know, maybe I'll do something like that. You know, um, you don't have yeah. to go back in time. You know, his have you who's the guy that played his roommate? Ethan um, Supley, the big guy. Yeah. Yeah. Have you seen his like social media pics in 2021? Oh, yeah, he's all fit now. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. man. He's like in the CrossFit. He looks like the mountain. I mean, <laughs> the mountain. <laughs> no, 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 no time travel required. Okay, so just stop eating pizza now. That's what you're saying. <laughs> well, you may have to go this back. This is turning into a night. motivational yeah, podcast, apparently. <laughs> this is the intervention, I think. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Yeah, but uh, okay, but there's our picks. There's our picks. If anybody wants to email us and let us know what they would choose, uh, you can email us at conjecturingpod at gmail or hit us up Twitter and Instagram at conjecturingpod. Um, so let's uh, let's get to the movie now. It's time to flap our wings. Greg's a butterfly. Let's flap those wings, Greg. Greg's um, butterfly. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's get to the movie now. So, uh, like we said, we're doing Butterfly Effect. This is a 2004 film. I-, I wrote in my notes. I can't believe this movie is almost 20 years old. It's only Whoa, what three years. Right. Almost two years, because we're almost to the end of the year. It's like almost 20 years old. I can't believe it's been 20 years since this came out. 
that's horrifying. I, I always forget how old I actually am. Like, yeah. the, like the other day I was talking to my son because he's like literally just having his birthday like this weekend we're recording. And, you know, tell him like, oh, wow, you're this old buddy and everything. And he's like, how old are you, dad? And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm 30. And my wife's like, you're not 30. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I completely forgot I'm not. Like, I just I continuously just feel like I'm 30 now. Like, I am not going to progress farther than that. But I am. Um, I'm going to be like one of those those people that's been like 30 years old for like 20 years, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Rico from Napoleon Dynamite. He's just yes. chucking footballs over mountains for the rest of your life. Exactly, exactly. Uh, so I was just so shocked to be like, I can't believe this movie is 20 years old. Shit. Yeah. Crazy. Um, yeah. Writer, director, writers, directors of this movie, Eric Bess and Jay Mackley? Mackle? Gruber? I don't know how to pronounce that guy's name. Mackie Gruber or Mackey Gruber? All right. Macklemore. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so they, these guys also wrote the first two Final Destination movies, which is super cool. That makes so I, much sense. Yes. It, thank you. And I can't. I can't say why it does, hmm. but it totally does. Like, I've only seen the first two, yeah. mm -hmm. and it reminds me of this movie. I think it has something to do with just, it's the, it's the, uh, like, almost like breaking the fourth wall, you know, where you're, like, you're going inside of your own movie because you're, like, reliving things, you're reshooting things as far as, like, certain scenes go. I think it's that aspect of the writing. Well, it's, and it's, also, it's also playing, the idea of playing with fate, as if mm. fate is a continuous flow you know and messing with that has dire consequences and you know wow kind of like the thinking behind all that and is and like the hubris of, of manda thinking they could go back and change it is yeah. um, kind of prevalent in, in all those movies that's true that's great this is why i love you every time i can't it put something into words <laughs> you do it for me and i'm like there it is boom nailed it teamwork man what, why do you love me laura what about me what do i bring you bring me laughs, <laughs>, laughs? and joy oh, okay. <laughs> and, and anger all the other emotions that greg doesn't do i help with those ones okay <laughs> sometimes right. anger but it always ends with laughs and joy okay okay <laughs> you put me on the spot man i, don't I know, know i did it i, I don't i shouldn't have yeah i regret it i'm gonna go read my journal and go back in time so i don't have to ask that question <laughs> um, <laughs> um the budget of this movie 13 million dollars so that's a good you know budget for this movie this yeah. box office it made 96.8 million dollars almost a hundred million dollars for this movie and i think i was reading people were talking about this was like a january february release for a mm -hmm. movie which normally what, what that normally means for studios is movies they don't support it's like it's called like the dumping ground they dump movies that the Whoa. studios don't think are gonna make money in early parts of the year because nobody gives a shit of course mm -hmm. summer is like when blockbusters are that's where you're getting like the best movies so, like, the studio was like, I don't know if they didn't think the movie was good. They thought it was going to be too crazy. Nobody's going to understand it. But they just dumped it. And it fucking made $100 million, which is crazy. Wow. And I saw there's three, two sequels, I think. Two or three sequels to this movie, but yeah. not direct sequels. Like, mm -hmm. Ashton didn't come back. And they're they're pretty much just about other people that have the same uh, not condition, I guess you would call it. Um, but all of them are pretty bad, I guess. Superpower, superpower. I don't know if it's all an superpower? medical oh. condition. I'm going to call it superpower. A superpower. I would not oh. pick this as my superpower. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> all oh, right, man. All right, Laura, you want to do interesting facts? Yeah. So as you guys know, the movie's title screen is a scan of the brain, like shown from the front. 
and the left and the right lateral ventricles of the corpus callosum. Oh Look at my big words what is, here. What is happening? I'm lost. That's the middle. <laughs> that's the middle of the brain. In that picture, they're displaced. And that is actually the case with many schizophrenic patients because I don't know if they actually said it, but they're insinuating that that is what his dad and he suffered from. Oh, so okay. it's really interesting because in real life, that's what your brain looks like when you're schizophrenic. It looks like a butterfly. Oh, so that's oh, really cool. Oh. Hmm. Um, another weird fact is that all of the prison scenes were filmed in a real prison with real prisoners. Whoa. <laughs> yeah, it was the Washington State Prison. That, uh, that, that cellmate scene was just a real scene. Like, they, they trapped Ashton Kutcher in a cell and was like, hey, blow us. <laughs> I can't imagine walking into a prison and telling the prisoners, guess what? You're going to be extras in this movie. Now I want you all to run into the cell and, like, cause a scene. And they're just like, cool. I, like what? And then and then go back to your daily lives. Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, another just interesting fact, we'll have to talk about this later, is that this goes down in history as one of the widely, the most unproduced and widely read scripts in the industry. Mm. Everyone was passing on it. It wasn't until Ashton signed on as an executive producer that it was finally greenlit. But if you Google mm. it, this is the number one movie. Yeah. Like I, to me, I'm like, well, this makes sense. I can, yeah, I can, I can, you can, wait, it makes sense to you, like, why? And no one wanted it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> interesting, interesting. I, it seems too volatile. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't it? There's, it's, there's a lot going on in this fucking yeah. movie. You know what I mean? Uh, it's, it's pretty, I wouldn't say highbrow is the right word, but there's a lot going on in this movie that's pretty detailed. Um, mm-hmm. that people reading the script might be like, I don't even know what the fuck's happening anymore. Yeah. Like without yeah. the visuals, without the visuals right. of the movie, I think it gets it. But if you're just reading a script, that'd be kind of hard to describe some of this shit. Yeah. yeah. You're like, yeah. you're like, he's like, you just read it. And it's like Ashton Kutcher's vibrating and now he's a, he, now he's 12. Now he's back to a baby and now he's this. And it's like, what? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And the last fact I have is that in early versions of the script, the character of Evan was originally Chris Trayborn. Because when you move the T over, it becomes Christ reborn. Oh. But they changed it to Evan Treyborn. But again, that's a play on event reborn. Oh, you, wow. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That's that makes a lot cool. more sense than going the religious route. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That's super cool. That's super cool. Um, yeah, Laura, you want to do cast? Good facts. Oh, yeah. So we got good old Ashton Kutcher as Evan. Uh I'm not going to go into all the things he's been in because you have to be living under a rock if you don't know who that is. Uh, <laughs> wait, wait, what's your what's your guy's favorite Ashton Kutcher thing? It could be show or that movie. That 70s show, yeah. Yeah, that Kelso. 70s show? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you too? For me, it has to be Dude, Where's My Car? I love that way more than oh the 70s show. God. I never no. really got into the 70s show. Like, I, I remember watching some of them and I don't know. It wasn't like my thing. Ooh, actually, you know what? I'll, I'll change my answer. I've told you guys in the past, I'm very picky on rom-coms. I don't actually love a lot of them. But you know which one I do fucking love is What Happens in Vegas with him and Cameron oh, Diaz. Cameron Diaz. I oh. love I that movie. Good. Yeah. Because yeah, it's yeah. so funny. There's more humor than there is romance. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to change mine too. I'm going to say punk. <laughs> punk is like oh, my favorite God. platform. Really? Yeah. No. Really? You like that back in the day when punk came on? Yeah. Yeah, he, he was the pioneer. I mean, along yeah. with a couple of others in mm-hmm. like the, the prank TV show platform. I thought it was great. Nah, yeah. I'm gonna punk your ass. I was gonna Greg, say, no. yeah. Next <laughs> time we're together, we need, next time we're together, Laura, we gotta punk. We gotta punk Greg. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> we, gotta make, we gotta we gotta we gotta make him think he's a butterfly for real. 
There you go. <laughs> All right. Next up, we've got Amy Smart as Kaylee. Again, Amy Smart's been in a ton of stuff. I don't know. I mm-hmm. recognize her from so many movies. My favorite is Just Friends. Yeah, yeah. I feel like she's similar to a lot of people, I think, in this movie. To me, I feel like I haven't seen them in a very long time, though. Mm. You know, like yeah. I looked I looked up her IMDb, and she's still doing stuff, but I feel like nothing is major. She's doing, like, epis- like uh, TV shows. She'll, like, guest star for a couple things here and there, and mm. or, like, a, you know, a direct-to-DVD to movie or something like yeah. that. But I, I feel like I haven't seen her maybe since this. Jeez. Okay. We've got Eric Stoltz as Mr. Miller. I know him from Pulp Fiction. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, William Lee Scott as Tommy. You know, he's been in a bunch of stuff too, like Gone in 60 Seconds, October Sky, mm-hmm. those types of movies. We have Eldon Henson as Lenny, Mighty Ducks, Idle Hands, She's All That, <laughs> fucking mm-hmm. Mockingjay from Hunger Games. Yep, oh my yep. God. Yeah, I, kn- I know him from the Daredevil series on Netflix. He was a. Uh, oh, I never watched Matt, Oh, that's Matt, right. He- Matt Murdock's best friend in that movie. That's right. Really and good. His, uh, his, part, his business partner. Yeah, right? really good in that yeah. show. Really good. Yeah. He's came a long way since like Mighty Ducks. Yeah. You know? He that's really what has. I recognize. I couldn't put my finger on it, but it was it was Daredevil. Yeah. Good yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then, I mean, there. this is such a big cast, especially because you have two sets of kids. But I do want to spot out just the two kids that also play Evan. First one being <laughs> Logan Lerman. And <laughs> wait, <laughs> okay, wait, wait, wait. Wait, wait, wait. We, have, me... to, we have to talk about Logan Lerman, right, Laura? Wait, like, yeah, do you still yeah, wanna, yeah. Is he the wait, kid you want to make no. out with? Shh, no. <laughs> oh, what? <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to get it out and beat you before you. <laughs> oh no, you can't! You can't do that, Laura. <laughs> All right, listen. We know him from like Percy Jackson, and I really mm-hmm. like him in Perks of Being a Wallflower. But yeah, if we go back to our God, probably episode five when we did "Don't Breathe," I mistakenly thought Logan Lerman was Dylan Minnette. Do you guys remember when that happened? Mm-hmm. So here I am. On our podcast, which goes out to whoever, talking about how, oh, yeah, he's cute. Like, I'd make out with Logan Lerman. No. That was the wrong kid. Okay. <laughs> Wait, so you want to make, you want to, you want to make out with another kid, not the yeah. <laughs> Dylan Manette is older. Okay. <laughs> by, by six months. <laughs> no. I think he's a few years older. Okay. So instead of being seven, he's 10. Okay. All right. Okay, back then, like 20 years ago. <laughs> okay. All right, okay. All right, all right, okay. All right. Anyway. <laughs> and then uh, also we've got John Patrick Amidori. Uh, he plays like the 13-year-old Evan. The 13-year-old Evan, yeah. 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 Wow, crazy, crazy. Okay. Uh, okay, Laura, you want to do synopsis? No, I don't. <laughs> no? <laughs> <laughs> Rob's face. <laughs> I just shocked the shit out of you, didn't I? know I? you did, yeah. <laughs> all right, fine. All right. Um, this movie is about Evan. Ashton Kutcher, who does not lead the best life. Um, And he has a very mentally ill father who claims he could change time and change events in time and change the outcome. And when Evan gets to be like college age, so maybe 20, he discovers that by reading his journals, he also has that skill. And so the movie takes us through him trying to go through past traumatic events, change the outcome as best he can. And then we kind of see the other side of it. And it's a true butterfly effect. You know, the whole quote is, 
there's the chaos theory, I believe it's called, saying something like something as small as the flap of a butterfly's wings can change the course of, you know, humankind or whatever. And that's basically what it's about in very simple terms. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Let's, uh, let's get into it. I mean, uh, you know, let's get into this movie a bit here. Uh, let's just start with like when we normally start the opening setup vibe of this movie. Um, do you guys want to spot anything out as far as like the opening does? Like you said, Laura, like Laura said, uh, you know, you have the words right away about the chaos theory and what it is, the definition, uh, which I thought kind of actually was a good way to start. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, then what, what do you think, Greg, about the opening setup of this movie? I actually, I didn't like the fact that the initial scenes to me, um, they, they move along very quickly and they felt very short. So it was like a quick collection of moments to me. You know, you start off, um, with, with Evan and his mom in the house and then you quickly jump to the neighbor's house where she drops him off and you find out that, you know, his friends, dad is um kind of like a pedophile i guess and kind of (laughs) yeah like taking definitely taking pictures and doing all kinds of weird stuff with all the kids his kids included um then it and then it also jumps to evan at his school and i I think and they're you know they're drawing pictures and he has a really disturbing picture so I, i wasn't a fan of you know because i hadn't seen this movie since it originally came out right um and it just feels a little bit too fast paced in the beginning, but I feel like that really changes once you get used to the flow of the movie and you realize that you're jumping back and back and forth, you get really used to it. So, um, you know, it, while the beginning just kind of feels like one big long trailer to me, if mm-hmm. as long as you can kind of suspend your belief and be like, okay, well, let's just see what they're going to show me. Um, I think you can get on board with it. Um, but o- overall, it, it was good. I liked it. Yeah. What What about you, Laura? What do you think of like the opening setup vibe of this movie? Yeah, Greg, you nailed it again. Like, I <laughs> the beginning of this movie is just like so shocking. You know, you have a normal scene of like a kid, you know, with his mom, and then all of a sudden, like, boom, he's he's got a knife in his hand, or like all of these scenes were very uh, abrupt in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And it does pay off and make sense. But I think for me, I was just having trouble because I have seen movies where you see some things that don't make sense in the beginning, and then it does come full circle and it does explain it. So I think these transitions could have actually been smoother. Mm. Uh, but and I also understand like 2004, I can't use the 90s excuse, but it definitely had like a dated feel. I mean, you know, one of the first scenes in the movie is like the principal pulling Evan's mom like aside for something. And she chooses to do it like in front of all the kids and in front of Evan. I'm like, this would never fucking happen. Like, is this an eighties movie? I I don't know. (laughs) Just felt very forced and very dated for me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for for me, I I, I like the opening setup of this movie. Like, uh, I mean, I mean, definitely it does start right away with Ashton Kutcher in the mental Institute. You know, and he's breaking into the room and that's when he grabs the journal and he writes down pretty much like, you know, if anybody's reading this and it didn't work, you know, I'm dead, you know, mm-hmm. but I have to try and go back and save her. And it's just like, that's where at least we, the first thing you get right away. And then it sure. cuts back yeah. to, you know, 13 years earlier or some shit like that. And then, yeah, like you guys said, then it's just really going through him. Little crazy things are happening. His blackouts are starting as a kid, uh, but it, it is very abrupt in the cutting. But I feel like it makes sense because he's literally going from 
a blackout and he's waking up from a blackout. So mm. I think those abrupt cuts make sense. And like you said, they do pay off later when they show the missing time. But, but I liked the opening. It's super, to me, it's super intriguing because right away I'm like, what's fucking happening? Like what's happening to this kid uh, in those moments? I did want to ask Greg talking about the picture that he draws. <laughs> I, I know like later in the movie, he, he, he himself comes back as an adult and technically draws it through like a child's hands. But I still don't know if even adult Ashton Kutcher could draw that masterpiece. Like look like watercolor <laughs> to me. I wanted to get Greg's opinion on that drawing because I've never seen one look that damn good. No, it was pretty, it was pretty professional. Like with, you know, I, I had totally forgot about a lot of this movie as I, I imagine you guys did too. So in that opening scene, I don't know if one of the, the, the prisoners had like a swastika on his arm. I'm like, what eight year old kid knows how to draw that? Um, <laughs> so that, that shocked me. I mean, um, but of course, does it, does it pass the, uh, the child drawing, you know, Greg's child drawing quality test? No, it doesn't. I don't, I don't think that would pass an adult drawing test. That, cause yeah. that was like legit. Like, like, do you think you could draw that, Greg? It, it looked really fucking well, crazy. I mean, let's, yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I think, all right, all right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I but the Greg fact, could, honestly. the fact Greg's that like, like well, you know, he colored in the lines. I mean, he had, it was very graphic in nature. It was clearly yeah. an adult's hand behind that drawing. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this principle should have been like, who cares what it's about? Look at this drawing your son did. Like, he needs to be a professional <laughs> artist. <laughs> it turns into a positive. Don't worry about he's stabbing people, but let's get him into some type of program, everybody. <laughs> Might have changed his life right there. Shit. Yeah. He is yeah. gifted. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny that's funny uh but let's talk, let's talk a little bit about because really the 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 setup of this movie the opening with the kids in quotes is it's, it's like 26 minutes long so you have almost 30 oh, minutes hmm. where really you're not into like main ashton kutcher amy spart of this movie it's a two-hour movie you know it's, it's a two-hour movie which is pretty long Too um long. yeah yeah you know uh but <laughs> but like what did you guys think of like the 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 acting of like the kids themselves in the first like 20 minutes you have chubby lenny in there you have the psychopath brother oh my goodness you have young amy smart and then you have ashton kutcher ashton kutcher technically has two you know little uh logan lerman uh you know laura's well, they buddy. all have two they all have their seven-year-old self yeah, and then their 13-year-old That's true. Self. Yeah, that's yeah. true. So what did you guys think of like the characters acting from the kids themselves in the first like 20 minutes? What do you think, Laura? I thought both sets of kids killed it. Hmm. I probably liked them better than the adult actors. To be really? Honest. Like the wow. seven-year-old kids uh, just, ugh. Especially the little boy who plays Tommy. And, oh, like, yeah. Tommy. What's happening around him and how he reacts to that was mm -hmm. awesome. And then jumping ahead to like the 13 year old selves, uh, I really want to spot out Lenny, 13 year old Lenny, that kid, like how he handled situations and showing his trauma. Really? Man, those just were... like that, uh, that blankness he has on his oh. face and he just like is not even present in there anymore. Yes. So I, I thought the kids did really well. Yeah. What about, what about you, Greg? What do you think about the little kids acting in this movie? I agree. It was pretty phenomenal. Um, mm. uh, of course, it helps to have such extreme personalities to go after. Uh, I mean, if you're just playing a very mediocre personality, it's, I think it's hard to capture that, um, on screen. But the fact that they're very one dimensional really helps things. Like the Tommy kid, I, I feel like we all knew this kid growing up. I mean, not necessarily in a bad way, but we all knew him. Like I, I knew the kid who had that, that evil look in his eyes, you know, um, 
actually I knew him all throughout high school. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, but uh, give us a name. Give us a name. <laughs> no, it's 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 it a the, collection it was the, of it was the kid Greg burned. He <laughs> <laughs> oh, got he got tired of it. <laughs> the thing is though is. I, I think he played it really well because you can tell that he, he's a product of his environment. He did a really good job. Um, and of course, the, the kid who did the seven year old Evan, that was great. I mean, both when he was, you know, the younger vulnerable victim and then also when Ashton Kutcher has to go back and he has oh. to pretend he's an adult. Ooh, yeah. So yeah. between like being confused as to why he's blacked out and then knowing exactly why and manipulating that as like an adult version, spot on. So good. Yeah, when he comes back as like, a, you know, whatever 20 year old Evan, but in like a little body and he's like, what are you doing? Fuck bag. And I'm yeah. like, dang, that, Loved that it. Deliver- I mean, you could see why, uh, what is it? I already forget his name, Laura. Dylan. Logan. No, Logan. not Dylan. Oh. <laughs> Logan Lerman. <laughs> Don't confuse Laura's loves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Uh, when you could see why he does actually become like a pretty big actor. Cause that one scene mm-hmm. from a seven year old is like, damn, that's a really good delivery, you know? Yeah. Uh, but all the other kids, I, I thought the other kids were all really good. I mean, like they said, the little psychopath kid, he, man, he was, he was like a real psychopath. I was like, oh my goodness, this kid is crazy. And then I thought the other kids were fine, you know, but they really spot out to me as like the two ones I think are the best. Um, like I said, the, the little Lenny kid, I get what you're saying, Laura, in those scenes where he's, just deadpan and nothing there, you know. I, I get that. It's pretty, pretty cool. I guess it didn't. It didn't. It wasn't anything above and beyond for me because uh, I can do that. Um, oh, can you? But yeah, I just be like, oh, you know. <laughs> I did well, the face. we'll have some more acting games in our future. Oh, okay, we'll all right. Because we get some scenes <laughs> from this movie. Uh, yeah, but uh, but I thought the kids all all in all were pretty good in the movie overall. I didn't think any of them were lacking anything. Um, let, let's just get into like, I think one of the biggest things it sets up this movie is just the dark, fucked up childhood stuff. I mean, Greg, I don't want to say this, but Greg touched on it earlier. Um, but, uh, oh my God. <laughs> I, I said I didn't want to say it, even though I said it. Um, you know, the, the pedophile guy, the dad and everything. I mean, that really sets up everybody in this movie because it, it scars people for life, these type of situations. So, like, it makes sense. Um, but 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 just I mean, does that like win for you, Laura? This movie becomes so fucking dark. Yeah, it, I hate it. Yeah, I hate it. It's there is just I feel so bad for these kids because everything is wrong in their life, yeah. mm-hmm. and not just wrong like oh this is inconvenient, like really sad, really fucked up. And I actually kind of didn't buy it, like. Evan was 13 when he finally moved out of that situation. And now he's like in college and he's just, he seems like the brightest kid. I was like, dude, where's your trauma? Where's your trauma? Come on, give it to me. Show me your, show me that you're doing well and thriving, but you're also in therapy. Like I, this, this isn't real. But he didn't remember any of the trauma. So how could he, he didn't remember it. That's he blacked that all out. Yeah, and blackouts are probably enough to be traumatic to where you need to go to therapy. So I just Mm -hmm. like, I didn't buy it. Well, he kept journals, so right? Maybe that was his outlet growing up to where he was able to at least release it and, you know, allow the uh, the logical part of himself to, to move on and pursue an education or something. Who knows? Yeah. yeah. I mean, definitely, yeah, the the creepy scenes in the basement, the, that's just, it's so uncomfortable and unnerving. I'm like, ah, oh, come on, you know? And, and, and I get it, like, it makes sense for the movie, 
you know, like it sets up everything and it, it's doing it for a reason to really show you like how, you know, messed up these kids' childhoods was. Uh, but it's just, it's so uncomfortable to watch in those scenes. And when the, the creepy dad is just like, yeah, pop off, pop off that shirt, take off that shirt. It's just like, oh, you know, like what a scumbag, like, geez, you know. Um, but other than that, uh, other than that, not like it's darker, but you have like one of the, I think another fucked up scene is the dog scene in this movie, you know, and I know they don't show like the dog dying. And I guess by the end of the movie, technically he didn't die, I guess. Um, but, uh, it's another just scene where you're like, oh, like why, why are you giving me, I think the two worst things in movies, like, you know, some abusing a child and then abusing an animal in like the same fucking movie. Uh, what'd you guys think about that scene in particular with the dog in the junkyard? It's fucked. Yeah. Only one, <laughs> only one thing to say. It's just horrifically messed up. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Laura, you're funny. Uh, <laughs> I know I should have worn my don't kill pup shirt, but I just did it on attack the block. It was only like two episodes ago. So come on guys. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's, it's another messed up scene. And, and I do have to give the kids uh, acting in those scenes really good when they're all kind of sobbing afterwards when the kids are dead. I'm like, that was actually a really good uh, delivery from those kids. Um, let's, uh, let's get into like the more grown up stuff now, you know? Well, hold on. You, you missed a third key traumatic scene, which is like the, one of the biggest anchors of the whole movie is okay. the exploding mailbox. Oh, that's true. Yeah. yeah and that's right. Killing somebody, killing Somebody's. the mother, the mother and her, her baby daughter. Like, see, this is a little bit where not, you know, it, it hits close to home a little bit because when we were little, we did pranks like that, not with dynamite, but with stuff like that to where there's, there are elements of these pranks to where you could see I could have easily hurt somebody, uh, you know, when I was a lot younger doing some of this stuff. And, you know, when you're that little, when it, if it actually happens, that sticks with you for life. So yeah. that was like definitely the third major anchor that, uh, of trauma that brought you back time and time again throughout the movie. Yeah, I completely forgot about it. I probably blocked it out myself. I didn't want to relive that one. You um, blacked it out. I, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I forgot it. Yeah, I forgot about that one. It, it is super fucked up. And like Greg said, yeah, I, I mean, I did that shit when I was fucking young. You Like you said, not dynamite. We didn't have dynamite, but we would right. have like, you know, if you take like a, like a piccolo Pete from fire from from fourth of july you bang on the ends and it pretty much becomes an explosive device you know we used to take that shit and put it into things and blow it up and i don't think i ever did a mailbox but yeah but yeah we did that shit back in the day you know what i mean it's just something we fucking did as a kid so i i, I relate to that and being like yeah like you said greg it could have went horrifically for us at any point you know you don't when you're a kid you don't fucking think about consequences no. you don't think about like what could happen you're just doing dumb shit so like i get that but it does hit you in this movie the fact of like once they i mean eventually when they reveal like what happened and you know, the mom and the baby are walking towards the mailbox. I still think in that moment I would have ran and been like, hey, like, I'm sorry. Not like, don't fucking do anything. You know, that's the yeah. only part that's like really like heartbreaking. Um, but uh, let, let's jump into now like the characters acting of like the adults, you know, Ashton Kutcher and them. They pop forward. Evan left the town and shit or his mom took him away after all the shit that happened. Um, and he's in college now, like Laura said, he's in college. He's well mannered. He's a, a genius. I guess he's trying to study, I think, memory loss because he experienced it himself. Um, what do you guys think of like the characters acting in that part of the movie? You know, now you have Ashton, Amy, smart a bit, the brother, Ethan Supley, who just, man, was getting laid left and right in this movie. Um, <laughs> I mean, I was thinking about this the other day of like, do you think Ethan Supley read this script and was literally like, I'm having sex in every scene. Yes, please. I will be in this movie. Like every scene he was like getting some. I thought it was so crazy. What do you think, Laura? Or 
that wasn't in the script. And he was like, this is what's going to happen with my character. And they were like, <laughs> all right, sure. I, I, if that's the case, then all more points to him than if he has <laughs> that type of power to do that. But I don't think that's the case, Laura. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> that's true. So what do you think, Laura, about the characters acting if all the characters later on when they get older? I thought it was pretty good. I mean, I'm not a huge, I'm not a huge Ashton Kutcher fan. He's, he's whatever to me. But I think I bought it. There wasn't anything where I was like, this acting is bad. So I have nothing bad to say about his acting. I, I do like Amy Smart. Again, just I don't have a lot to say about it. I bought it, I guess. So she did well enough. Hmm. Uh, I was really just, I could not get over the mom's acting and how bad it was. Really? Thank you. Every <laughs> scene she was in, oh, I was wow. like, oh, dear. This is terrible. Your dad is crazy. I hate acting like that. Like, uh, wow. Drove me crazy. I like didn't notice that at all. And you know me, I usually hate that type of acting. But uh, wow, that's interesting. I don't know. What what about you? You're biased, dude. This is your mom's movie. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. I I I thank you for saying that, Laura. I thought she was just so bad. I mean, aside, she kind of had an annoying voice in the beginning, but that is what it is. It's just a character, but her delivery she just had no conviction in in her energy yeah. it was yeah. it was so bad and that really kind of pulled me out in the beginning but you know of course there are other things to to write on in this movie so as far as uh ashton i was having a, a little bit of a difficulty separating kelso from this character oh, no. like, he's always just a kind of a goofball to <laughs> me so seeing him mm-hmm. serious and like okay he's a he's a genius uh i don't know that was very hard to wrap my head around yeah um I actually thought he was a better like asshole to those um to those pledges. Like that was kind of his <laughs> moment to shine where he was like, you know, reciting the the Greek alphabet. Um so yeah, I I, I was like a big fan of that. Um uh but I I will say I I think Amy Smart was my favorite character in this movie. I I really loved her responses to mm-hmm. Evan. Whenever he would come back and talk to Kaylee about, you know, the memories and trying to compare how he sees it and dealing with his trauma with the the reality of her situation and she's basically like well how does this help me how does this this is my situation you know um there's nothing you can do for me you know where she was like uh nothing is better nothing ever gets better i mean that was such a good scene anytime that they would meet up and she was in a messed up situation and he would try to resolve it in his own way and she would just respond like you're way out of touch guy like even if i believe you you're way out of touch those back and forths were so strong to me yeah yeah i think for me maybe this is the benefit of me not watching the 70s show because i don't have that connection of him like i said i i like mm. him in dude where's my car but that was not enough for me to really remember that watching this movie and, and i remember watching this movie back in the day and really liking his acting this was like his time to what do you want to call it time to shine of doing something dramatic you know something different i mean leading up to this he had done uh like of course dude where's my car in 2000 he was just coming off Just Married with Brittany Murphy in 2003, mm. another like rom-com uh, movie, uh, which I think that's kind of like his staple. Um, yeah. I think in 2003, he also did My Boss's Daughter with Tara Reid. So like oh, he, was, right. he was coming off of those movies, all really the same comedic type of character, I think, in all of them. So like this was his his thing to be different. I think that's why he was a producer, because he wanted to do that. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he nailed it. There's, I thought I loved him in this movie. I thought he was really good overall, like almost playing different different people in different situations a bit. They're not all variations of him, but you know, um, there was only I think there's only one that I just didn't like, and that was the one where he was the paraplegic one. 
that one, I, I just thought his acting in some of those scenes wasn't great. Like really having to be grim and like remorseful of what's happening to him. Uh, those were like the only ones I think where I was like, uh, like I didn't really buy that, but I bought all the other ones, all the other scenes with him. I, I thought he was really good. Um, and then as far as like spotting out anybody else, like you said, Greg, um, Amy smart. I think she's solid in this movie. She's solid in all these ones. She later on when they get to the fucked up ones, I think she really shines in yeah. some of those with her acting. But, uh, the one guy that I didn't expect to like spot out is the guy we talked about from daredevil and fucking, uh, Lenny. The older Lenny. I mean, man, he his scenes when he's older, when he's making model planes and shit. And it's one thing to be like, you know, you're going to show no emotion. But then when he like starts yelling and grabbing and flips when when he's yelling. Yeah, when he's yelling what the psychopath kid said to him, like, keep your mouth shut. I'm going to gut your mother and shit like that. You know, like I was like, whoa, like that was a good take. But then, like, later on, they show him again when he's actually, like, inside the insane asylum. I think it might have been in yeah. number three of the time frame or whatever the hell they did. And that one, too, when he's, like, crying, like, strapped to the bed and saying, like, it should have been you. And he, he should be where I am. Yeah, he yeah. stood out to me as somebody I wasn't expecting to, like, even notice in this movie, you know. But just watch him. Like, damn, he shined. You know what I mean? I probably should say his fucking name so I don't act like an asshole. Yeah, Eldon Henson, right? Or Eldon Henson, mm-hmm. is that his name? Yeah. yeah. Oh my goodness, he he shined in this movie. Everybody else I thought was solid, but I was like, wow, I didn't expect him to to really stand up in that part. Yeah, good call out. You're right. He was great. I actually think I think he was my favorite for the adults for sure. Yeah. He was really good. And then also he's he also was good at just switching switching it up. And I mean, most of the different scenarios he was like really messed up, but then you have one where he was doing really well and he was really healthy and he was yeah. like a good friend and yeah. he did a really mm-hmm. good job with all I of think them. Mo- movies like this actually, I think provide actors a great opportunity to show off their range because they're meant to, to portray a situation where they're the, in the worst situation imaginable in their life. And then also perhaps the best or ideal. Yeah. Like, and that's one reason why I liked the, uh, I think Kaylee's character the most because Amy smarts me going from like the heroin addict prostitute, just really kind of in a trash situation to, you know, very cute and preppy and warm and, you know, pretty and like whatever. It's like that, that switch, I thought she played it off very well. Like both looked natural. Like they didn't seem too extreme to me in either direction. So all the characters kind of had their little moment to do that. Yeah. Um, but uh, let's get into, I think the biggest thing in this movie, let's get into just all the timelines all the memory reveals we can just spot out whatever you guys want to spot out what kind of just like we don't have time to go through all of them we we don't there's uh, this movie three days yeah this movie and that's why i did want to spot out in our horror segment coherence because it's very similar there's just so much going on we're not going to do a five-hour pod on every fucking scenario everything that happened just if anything you guys want to spot out specifically go for it if anything bugged you anything you loved i mean i will start out right away i I love the the way they do the memory what do you call it even memory reversal memory change when they speed up the time frame you know they're showing you like within like a minute of film like what has transpired over these 20 years and changed Mm-hmm. I do like the way they did that visually. It looks super cool. It catches you up quickly in like a minute. Yeah, I it's like, effective. I yeah. really like that. And that's what we're talking about. Like, I don't think you can get that across in a script. 
So that probably is super hard to do. Uh, but Greg, do you want to spot out anything as far as all the time frames go? Anything you thought was super cool or bad? Yeah, just in general, I had I noticed myself watching this movie. After every scene, I would hear this voice in my head go, damn, hmm. or oh, shit. Like, I just kept saying that to myself because it was over and over and over again. And this is what I think they did so effectively, What, which was to kind of dive into this idea of the butterfly effect, where he's going back to change something in, in his life. Then when, when he reverts back to the present day, well, he's done it, but there were you know, unex unintended consequences of his positive action. And usually it was, you know, there was an imbalance of um, a, a force that went a different direction. You know, it's like, imagine a river coming down, you put a rock to try to stop one of the streams. Well, that water just doesn't disappear. It goes to a different mm -hmm. stream and makes that stream stronger. So there were so many instances of that where, um, you know, he goes back to try to, to talk to, to Kaylee and get her out of her situation. But then, you know, she, uh, she kills herself because she's reliving her past trauma. Then he has to go to her funeral and th then he goes back in time to, to go, okay, you know what? I'm going to save you from this. So, you know, as you mentioned before, Rob, he goes and basically confronts the, the, the dad. But then what he doesn't take into account is her brother bore the brunt of the father's like aggression and god knows what else and then in the future it just made it worse so they kept doing these scenes the one with the the jail all of these scenes where i thought it was a great way to progress the movie because it was like you kept feeling along with ashton kutcher that you were learning a little bit after every after every scene but there was also a sense that he's not going to have these many chances like every scene that transpired, he had less time and less ability to go back in time. In yeah. some situations, he didn't have his journals. In others, it was actually harder to concentrate to go back in time. So it felt like while he was learning and kind of going in this upward direction, he was also fighting a downhill battle. Like his body was saying, you can't keep doing this, can't keep doing this. And that like that clash of the those two momentums was just so great to me and it just moved the story along very well it's a long movie but it's just so action-packed it doesn't really feel like it yeah yeah uh what about you laura anything you want to spot out as far as the timelines or anything go you know what i will say is that i think they did it a lot and maybe they didn't need to do it as many times and i will give the movie credit for it always being entertaining and the fact that like I didn't feel like I was watching the same thing over and over again. Mm. So I am happy that they were able to like throw in a twist. Like you think, okay, he keeps going back to the same two memories. I see all the different ways this could change, but then they would switch it up with like, Oh shit. Well now he's arrested. Now he's in the prison or, you know, they would like throw in some things that made it really interesting. Um, I was most shocked. I think out of all of the different, you know, flashbacks and changes that he made, the most shock shocking one for me is when he 13 year old Evan gives Lenny the like oh, the, the piece of metal the shard yeah and mm -hmm. is yeah and is like you know use this to cut the bag well yeah. like how Just could he know out. that Lenny is going to do what he does. And then me as a viewer was just shocked that mm -hmm. Lenny then uses it to kill Tommy yeah. and like, Oh shit, I just wasted my time back. And now this is going to be our future here. Mm -hmm. So I thought that that one was probably the most interesting for me. Mm. Uh, 
was there anyone that I liked? No, because something was wrong. Up. Yeah, they're all they're fucked all up. Fucked something up, is yeah. is something is wrong with every, at least one person in yeah. every situation. I think the absolute most fucked up version of their life, though, is uh, yeah, is the one where Lenny kills Tommy, and uh, that's also the situation where Kaylee is like the sex worker and like hooked on heroin. So yeah, that's, that one was rough. Like I, I was just like, all right, that. this movie's already super depressing, and like now you take me in this timeline, like things got worse. Great. Perfect. <laughs> right. I feel yeah. I feel so happy right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I did, you know, I would say, you know, as much as like the ending is the ending of the movie and they kind of get to a place where it's like, all right, we're all somewhat happy. You know what I mean? We're all kind of happy. I would have to say, like, if the movie ended with with uh, the quadriplegic time frame or what is it, Greg? I'm sorry. Uh, paraplegic. Paraplegic. Um, I thought that would have been way more not a cooler ending but being like evan like sacrificed himself so everybody could be happy because in that time frame like everybody was happy in that time frame oh wait was his that was that the one his mom had cancer though? yeah that's oh, where his mom died that. you right, hear that rob's mom <laughs> oh no <laughs> that's rob's favorite timeline <laughs> sacrificing you mom sorry <laughs> well let yeah. me ask you guys would this is this is one good thing not good thing but interesting thing about this movie that makes you think right if you're in evan's position do you try to go back one more time at least to see if you can fix things well the way they progressed i think i would because you you have you can't assume to yourself in that time frame of like it can't be worse than this right but then it it is so maybe by like the third time i'm like okay like maybe this is never going to be better and that's what his dad tells him when he eventually goes back and talks to his dad you know through his own 13 year old body or whatever it was 12 seven year old body you know and his dad is like you can't fix it like every time it's gonna get worse you can't change it you can't change the past or whatever it's called um but uh just just the mechanism using this movie of the time frames and and changing them and alternate realities whatever you want to call it. i don't really know how it really lines up that's one big negative people spot out in rotten tomatoes is there's no evidence or how they did this you know it's, we just have to believe it's working well that's the thing with any time traveling movie there you're gonna have blatant holes if you dig any further past the surface yeah. no time traveling movie is perfect but the thing is is you have to realize what you're watching you know if you keep your thinking to a very casual level about time travel it's entertaining just you have to take it at face value and not dig into it i mean it's it's a low it's low hanging fruit to dig into the mechanics of the time travel yeah that's true i was gonna ask you guys like have you guys ever experienced any type of a blackout before or anything of like oh i don't remember this other than drinking laura <laughs> Laura's eyes right now. <laughs> I would say only when I was under anesthesia, when I got um, my wisdom teeth pulled out, Ooh, I yeah. do remember mm. the feeling of blacking out and it feeling a little bit like this to where you feel like your mind is being pulled in different directions and you have no control and um, kind of like the jarring chaotic nature of that. Yeah. But other- hmm. otherwise, no. Yeah. I think I'm somewhat similar to you. Not like, a, you know, like a dentist or anything like that. But like, I remember one time when I was like maybe like 12 or 13, I was riding my bike and I like, I don't know what happened, but I like end up flipping over the handlebars and like hitting my oh. head on the ground. And then like the next thing I know, I woke up like home. Whoa. Like, and I don't, oh, rem- I don't remember like how I got home. You know what I mean? I, I don't know. Did I walk home? Did somebody pick me up? Like my turned parents. Turned into a butterfly and flew yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. I, I turned into a butterfly. I was floating around the atmosphere. Yeah. Uh, but that's the only time where I'm like, wow, that's, I don't remember like how, you know, or anything wow. like that. I don't know. Maybe I changed my reality. I don't know what happened. Um, that's you crazy. Know? What about you, Laura? You got anything you want to admit on Mike? 
Uh, I'm not admitting anything about alcohol-induced blackouts. <laughs> no, Drinking I'll be honest. That does not cultures. that does not happen often at all. So well, that, that's not a thing. Yeah. But I will have to second uh, Greg's anesthesia. I've had a lot of surgeries in my life, and it seems like a lot of them. When I come to, I'm already talking to somebody, whether it be a nurse, a doctor. <laughs> Brooks, my husband, mm -hmm. and then they'll tell me the things I was saying when I quote unquote woke up, and I'm like, I, no, <laughs> I was not there yet. I was not awake. <laughs> That's pretty funny. That's pretty funny. Um, yeah, I mean, did you guys want to talk about anything else as far as the time stuff goes? I mean, we kind of talked about some of the time stuff. I mean, I mean, re revealing the memories, I think, is a super cool thing too. When they actually do reveal what happened in those blackouts uh, and using that to progress the storyline, like I said, they reveal, of course, that the the mom and the baby got blown up, and and they reveal the the dog scene when the kid stabs him, and they reveal, of course, the the child creepy guy and everything. Um, did any one of those like shock you guys? All of them. All of them. All of yeah, them. I felt so equally shocked every every single time. Yeah, that's true. That's I agree. true. Yeah, yeah. Did, I, I wanted to ask you guys, did you guys think, if you had to pick one person to have the worst fucking life in those, one of those memories, who would be the fucking number one where you're like, that's the worst? That's easy. Easy? Who? That's when Amy Smart was like a drug addict mm. and a sex worker. That yeah, because that, that usually indicates a downward spiral. There, there's rarely a situation where you come out of that in in a good in a good condition. I think, yeah, yeah. She had mm. much less horrible things happening at, in another reality, and she killed herself. Yeah, so that's true. In my mind, that was the path she was probably headed down. Unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I was. I think for me, I was between that one and Lenny when he was pretty much just institutionalized. I think for his whole life after stabbing mm -hmm. the kid. Yeah. I think that is pretty fucked up. You know, being like you're just sitting there strapped down for 20 years of your life, you know. Um, what about you, Greg? Do you agree with Laura, uh, Amy Smart? Well, now that you mentioned that, that one where he's sort of canatonic and unable to choose his own. See, at least with, with Amy Smart's character there, there is a small chance something could happen. But yeah, in his state, it seems like he's stuck there. Yeah, maybe that's worse. It's like torture, right? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, you have to, you have to say the best transition has to be the psycho brother Lenny when he becomes like religious and he's like, "Hey guys, what's oh, up right. today, buddies?" And he's like, <laughs> oh my he has God. his little jacket on. He's all like Very preppy, preppy, and, and you know, I have to say that guy makes the biggest transition to like being like, "That's your best life, bud." You know? Yeah. <laughs> and you know what? Actually, we didn't even spot him out. I felt like his angry selves, which happened a lot, and then his one time frame where he was like the one reality happy where he's a good and guy, jolly yeah. yeah good guy mm -hmm. they were very extreme yes and so that mm -hmm. can sometimes come off as like overacting you know because mm -hmm. it was so extreme but at the same time not only did i buy he was evil i was like this guy sucks but when he played like the happy preppy version i was like oh this guy is so sweet he like cares about yeah. his friends so I yeah. definitely bought a shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, one of my like favorite scenes in this movie is the scene where the preppy guy when when Ashton Kutcher's trying to kill himself when he's uh you know doesn't have his arms and everything he's trying to drown himself in the tub and the the Lenny the Lenny kid the good kid now comes and like saves him and he's like bud you know you can't keep doing this and like kisses him on the head I, I felt that scene I was like oh man that's yeah. like a nice scene you know I think it's one of the only times in this movie where you felt a little bit happy in a moment yeah. uh, he was like you forgot to put the toaster in yeah yeah exactly yeah <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, let's uh, let's get to the ending because one, we need to talk about the ending, and then we need to talk about all the alternate endings. So I feel like it's going to be a little bit of a discussion. Uh, so Laura, do you want to set up the ending of this movie? Do you want to attempt to? Uh, yeah. I, ba- basically, after he does, I don't know, like six changes, I think. I think so. They're not yeah. even all changes, but he does visit sometimes and like learns information. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I think I wrote down there was like six things that changed, but I mean, I mean, there, there is, I'm sorry, drill fast. There is like two funny ones when he like goes back for like one second. One of the ones where, where Kaylee grabs the dynamite and it blows her up and he's like, shit. So it, it, yeah. literally, it was like a one second transform. Yep. That one's funny. <laughs> and then there's the other one where he grabs the knife when he he's trying to go he's trying to prove to the the prison guy of like he's uh he has this gift and he goes back and does the knife and he comes back instantly and he's like shit and he's like it didn't work that well those are the two where i'm like it's kind of funny as much as like a little girl blew up to death but i'm like oh i was kind of chuckling yeah agree (laughs) so evan basically figures out that in order for everybody to be happy and to live their best life the tommy and kaylee who are brother and sister they needed to have been with their mom. That's right. that's it. There was no situation living with their dad where they would have ended up happy. And the only reason they stayed with their mom is because Evan and Kaylee were such good friends. And when the parents got divorced, she really wanted to stay near Evan because the mom moved away. So Evan, in a way, sacrifices his life in that he's still going to live, but he's going to live a life without her. Which, I mean, everything he's been doing has been for her. Mm -hmm. So he goes back to where he first met her and basically tells her off. Like little six, seven-year-old Evan is like, if you ever get near me again, I'll fucking kill you and your family or some shit. I feel like he could have been a little more subtle. He didn't have to go. Because in that case, he could have been institutionalized by one of the parents. No, you should have just think, been like, I don't want to no. be your friend. I hate you. I like, disagree. That, that was I, I think, look, you have one shot. Again, be rabbit. You get <laughs> one opportunity to go back. You can't risk it. Imagine he goes back to the present time and somehow she's still an acquaintance in some way. I think he was really trying to sever that tie. So you got to go balls out. Okay. I can I ri- see that. Got to risk it to get the biscuit. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah, by doing that, you know, he doesn't have a life with uh, Kaylee and Tommy, but assumes that they're all good, which they are with their mom. Mm -hmm. And he is able to live his best life. And he and his friend Lenny are roommates in college still and, you know, like good friends and they're both fine. And at the end, you kind of see him as like a businessman, like grown up Evan walking around and he's he's got his mom. He's talking to his mom on his cell phone. So, you know, she's good. Mm-hmm. And he sees her. He walks by her. He's in a suit. She's in like also kind of a business suit. And she looks great. And she almost kind of looks at him in a deja vu way. Like, do yeah. I know him? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he obviously knows her. And I think he's just really happy to know that he did save her. And everybody. Yeah. I wish they would have cut the Ethan supply and he's just like eating somebody's vagina in the moment again. Like, <laughs> like, you, like you have not, you, you are not affected in any of this, Ethan. Like you're, you're just living your best life, man. Yeah. Why did they do that? Why was it like was so, so much depression and then just someone getting so much ass? Like it, was, it felt so displaced. It was I don't so know. funny to me. Uh, yeah. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but so do you guys want to talk about this ending, what you thought, and then we'll get into alternate endings. Uh, what do you think about this ending, Greg? I think it's the best one. Mm. I, I, I agree with everything you said, Lord. It's the idea of sacrifice. I mean, he did go through a few things along the way and, and he could see what it would be like to live different lives that didn't feel right and normal and natural to him. But this was his sacrifice, you know, and I, I think sacrifice in general, when I think about all the movies 
that moved me the most. I think the, you know, having this concept of sacrifice, it's like one of the most powerful storytelling devices you can, you can have out there. And he does it in his own way. It's basically, it's the idea of, uh, of, of course, it's like that almost a trope, but you know, you have to be able to, if you love something so much, you have to be able to love it enough to let it go if yeah. that's what is best for it. So they basically finished the movie off in, in out of all the various um, alternative endings, I thought this was the best one, the theatrical one. This is the best one. Uh, what about you, Laura? What did you think of like this ending? Yeah, I think it made perfect sense. It's what needed to happen. And based on what I remember from the alternate endings, it's it's clearly the best one. Like, okay. Jesus. Let's, uh, let's stop tiptoeing around the alternate yeah. endings. And let's, uh, Greg, do you want to... Uh, Greg watched them all, apparently, yeah. which I was super <laughs> surprised about. Do you want to describe all the ones, Greg, or do you want me to read the Wikipedia? What do you want? I can, uh, let me paraphrase it. Basically, okay. one of them is the same situation, except he turns around and they meet up again and they go off and do, you know, they're like, Oh, uh, do I know you? Wait, 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 wait. No, I read that it, <laughs> he like wrong. follows her. He and goes, no, that's two, her. there's two separate ones, Laura. That's why. Oh, yeah. okay. There's one I, where they both, yeah. Got it. Cause I read that there was one where he follows her and that was like this crazy stalker ending. And I was like, stalker. no, 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 no. That would have like completely <laughs> no. taken away the credit. That the original okay. ending. Okay, had. let me just read them now, so we're not all getting right, confused right, about what's right. happening anymore now. Because right. apparently he's a stalker now. So, um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so one of them is exactly what Greg says. It's called the happy ending. This is an alternate ending. It shows Evan and Kaylee stopping on the sidewalk when they cross paths. It says uh, they introduce themselves, and Evan asks her for out for a cup of coffee. That's the one I think Greg was talking about. They like, they go get coffee, right. you know. Um, then the this other one, which Laura titled the stalker ending. I don't know why it's called the open-ended ending this one is the same exact thing they run run into each other they look at each other kaylee keeps walking and evan in like a moment thinks about it and then goes back for her kind of leaving it open-ended of like did they or not like reconnect or whatever you don't know that not he's creepily licking his lips laura chasing after her or anything like that i read that either the studio or the director writers called that the happy stalker ending Okay, well, I, <laughs> I, I, I swear to God, I'm gonna find it. Keep reading. It, it on Wikipedia it just says the open ended ending, not open stalker ending. You know, I don't think you're they basically would've... calling any any guy who goes out and approaches a girl in public a stalker if he just walks toward her. I mean, <laughs> I mean let's, well, let's not. Hey, what's that, your name, uh, stalker? <laughs> oh my God, Google it. There's literally videos. The butterfly effect, alternate ending, stalker ending. It, oh, that's what okay. they all say. Okay, we're maybe we're, all okay, yeah. me. No, no, no. Don't Oh, okay, <laughs> I think we're getting I think what we're getting into right now is like the male female perspective of like somebody approaching you like I've had this discussion with my wife before like we completely have different views on things because I'm a man and she's a female like she is almost not fearful at all moments of her life but walking down the street she doesn't always feel comfortable as I do walking down the street thinking totally. that nothing can happen to me 100% so, yeah, I, th I think it's that like from my perspective, like he's just going after her because he wants to talk from no. a female's perspective. You're like, why is this creep following me? She so. doesn't know him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, I, I, I can no. see that then I can see that. But this is this is like nowhere in the ballpark of like Michael from Lost Boys at the pier, <laughs> right? Okay, but there's a difference between following somebody and then quickly being like, oh, excuse me. And then having a conversation. Mm -hmm. well, to, he needs like, time to follow? process. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, so he's going to do that while he stalks her? No. <laughs> stalks? No, no, no. Okay. No, 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 no. <laughs> Laura. Move on. If, if, oh, if, we're if, not going to see eye to eye on this. Laura, if, if if Evan from this movie, Ashton Kutcher's following you, and, and David uh, from The Lost Boys, who are you like, oh, hello? David. I think David, right? I think yeah. I, turn, I turn around for David. I'm like, hello, David. He's a freaking vampire. If I'm going to yeah, risk know, my right? life, it's going to yeah. be for a vampire, not some, not Ashton Kutcher. Yeah, I know, right? I'll be like, let me jump on that bike. What's up, buddy? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but let, let's get into, I think, as much as the stalker ending is fucked up now, now that we turned it oh, into Oh, now you're that, calling it the stalker. Okay. It, I, I have to agree now. It is kind of creepy now. <laughs> let's get into, like, the, I think the, one of the more, fu- the most fucked up ending. And this was the director's ending. This is what he, I think was in the script, what he wanted. So, Greg, do you want to talk about this ending? Sure. You can't talk about the ending without talking about There's an earlier scene that they injected into the movie. Ashton Kutcher has dinner with his mom and talking about their past. They walk out of the restaurant and they walk by like a psychic. And, oh, let's just go in and have fun and get our, re- our palms red. So they do it and he puts his palm down there. And the psychic says, you have no lifeline. You shouldn't exist. You, you you were not supposed to exist. And he's like, oh, wow, great service. Uh, let me have my money back. And they walk out. So that's kind of the setup toward this end, the alternative ending where you go back in time. He goes back and his mother is in labor with with uh with evan Him. you know he's about to be born and you kind of get this zoomed in view of like you know he's in utero and he has the the umbilical cord around and he has the wherewithal to like put it around his neck and and kind of choke himself and wow. you know the doctors are like uh, you know oh no it's he can't uh, he can't breathe he's not getting air oxygen or whatever what have you and he essentially dies and I think this is the, the scene you find out that she had several other kids that were yeah. in like stillbirth conditions mm-hmm. and none of them made it. And um, it's, it's yeah, you wonder if they all had it. Ending. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. they could they could have all had the, the butterfly effect uh, power. Uh, yeah, it's it, that ending is to me the most fucked up ending. You know, it's like, Messed good up. lord. Um, yeah. but, but you actually watched the scene, Greg, I, I read it. I'm like, I don't really need to see that. I'm kind of good. It's not that bad, but it's the, 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 co- the content cut. is certainly dark. Yeah. Yeah. That's what he wanted. That's his version of the movie, you know? And I think you can get it. You can find the director's cut on the, on the DVD and stuff like that. Um, the, the problem with that ending is this whole movie as intense and crazy as it is, it is a two hour eye roll in a lot of ways, right? Mm. You don't want to finish it off with an eye roll. You want to finish it off solid, like the way that they did. You know what, though? Mm-hmm. You know what I would have really liked to see? I would have liked to see maybe that ending that we saw where he sees that she's oh, happy mm-hmm. and then he himself goes to a psychic for fun and she tells him like, oh, that's weird. You don't have any lifelines. It's almost like you should have never been here. And then the movie ends. Oh, like that. Oh, oh interesting. interesting. Mm-hmm. Really more no, open-ended. Uh, no no babies dying in the womb? Nothing, Laura? No. <laughs> right. None of that. None but of almost that. like a, <laughs> okay. oh, man, I thought we were good. And then you do this. And then, of course, there's no sequel because, no, there should not be a sequel. And then that's all we've got. And it's just kind of like a cool mind F of a movie, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I I agree. I mean, from all the endings, like the, the, what they went with, of course, I think was the best option. It leaves you at the end of the movie. Cheerful is probably not the right word because you just experienced an hour. Hopeful and out, and you've experienced an hour and forty minutes of pretty grim, fucked up stuff. Uh, but it does put the point across. Oh, that's the thing though. It's like it doesn't really put the point across of like you can't change your past. Like don't do it because he did change his past and he made it better. 
So, you know, I think I think that was one of the big points from the director and why he wanted that fucked up ending was to show everybody like you can't change the past. You're never going to make it better, you know. Um, but I think the studio was like, you can't end a movie like that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did you have a grinding gears, Lori? Did you want to talk about something? I do have a grinding gears. Oh, interesting. Are you going to do the soundbite or what? You got to oh. get me. Oh, man, I almost forgot. Yeah. Okay. Let me uh, let me get Laura's drop going here. Grinding gears. Richard Gere. Blink, 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 blink. Blink, 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 blink. All right, Laura. Oh, man. I am so <laughs> revved up by that. <laughs> okay, Laura. What's a, what grounds your gears in this movie? Okay. Ashton Kutcher gets approximately 600 bloody noses in this movie. Now, <laughs> <Wait>. <laughs> listen, listen. Is that approximate? <laughs> okay. Listen. Bloody noses have always freaked me out. Hmm. But for some reason, it's very, for lack of a better word, like personal. Like, you're no, like, it's very, like, hmm. I don't know. Like, the fact that blood is just pouring from your nose, it just seems, I, it's always weirded me out. I've always hmm. had a, a weird thing with them. Like, I get nervous when other people get them. When I get them, I literally am like, I'm going to die. Because hmm. I have, like, clots coming out. You know, it's real bad. <laughs> oh, clots. Hmm. What a word. <laughs> yeah. Like, real bad. But here's hmm. the thing. He, instead of pinching his nose or running to the bathroom to get a towel. I know where you're going. Yeah. Mm. He decides to continuously <laughs> use a white bed sheet or white t-shirt. Yeah. And just shoves it up to his nose and bleeds all over his white sheets. And nobody mm. cares. Like his mom, his friends, they're all like, oh, too bad. While he's just bleeding onto his white sheets and t-shirt. What do you mm. want him to use? I want him to pinch like, uh, his nose and go to a bathroom like a civilized human being. That's what I want. Well, I mean... <laughs> I mean, in his defense, in that moment, this is not just a normal nosebleed. This is like your brain is like reworking. Hem <laughs> yes, I understand. You know? <laughs> but he literally just takes like his blanket well, and just puts it up to his nose and is like, bleed into my blanket. This will fix it. I think you're lucky he has motor functions to even do that in that moment. That's my thing. It's like, give him a fucking break, Laura. <laughs> I just was like, if anyone around me got a bloody nose and decided to reach for a sheet or a blanket, I think I would fucking flip out. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I would be like, get your ass up. Go over here. I'll get you like a paper towel or a Kleenex or a rag. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, Greg, next time we get together, can we do a punked on Laura where we put things in our nose and our nose started bleeding? We chase her. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to have to watch myself the next time I get an accidental bloody nose and I don't have like a, you know, a medical procedure at my hands to, to yeah. fix it. Yeah. So what So what are you saying? You're saying you get a bloody nose, you just take your sweatshirt and you go, I'm just going to put it here and bleed all over. He doesn't it's even pinch it. He just lets the blood free flow mm -hmm. all over his sweatshirt and <laughs> yeah. sheets. His white sheets every time. <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't. I, I I agree. I agree with you, Laura. It it is crazy and gross, and and I get it. If this was like a real life situation, I would probably be the same. Like if if I did this, Laura, all the time, I would be like, okay, I assume why Laura is mad at me. Um, but uh, as the movie, you'd get I, divorced if you did that all the time. Your wife would be like, will you stop <laughs> like doing that? Like, yeah. what are you doing? That's probably true. I, I should be in a hospital, I think, apparently, if this is happening to me. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. That's a good one, Laura. That's a good grinding gears. I get it. I get I like it. it. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's, let's get into Rotten Tomatoes. These are super drastic, uh, super different. I was surprised. 
Um, Greg, do you want to try to guess uh, which one is higher, which one's lower, critic audience? If they're vastly different, I would definitely say that the audience probably very receptive. I would say the audience is very high and critics probably just shat on this movie. You're you're right there, Greg. You're right there. This is your best life you're living right now. Um, you're uh, the critic score thirty three percent from critics. Oh, I didn't think that low. You just didn't think what? that. You were thinking like forties, fifties, maybe like high forties, high forties, low fifties. Yeah. The audience score eighty one percent. So this is completely almost the opposite. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. I I was surprised. You know, like I said, I, I I watched this movie back in the day. I really dug it back in the day. Um, I hadn't watched it in so long, so I couldn't really remember like if I legitly really liked it or what people thought. So like when I looked it up online, I instantly saw Rotten Tomato thirty three percent. I was like, fuck! Like, did I did I just remember this movie being better? Did I like it better? Like, what is this gonna be? Not till I I watched the movie. Still thinking I dug it and being like, man, am I weird? And then I look up like, oh, the audience is at eighty one, so I am more in that case. So. Um, I mean, what do you guys just think about those scores in general? What do you think, Laura? Wait, the audience is 81. Yeah. I think that's ridiculous. You're you're a critic, Laura. You're 33. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. There, there's no, <laughs> despite what I can point out about being decent about this movie, there's no redeeming quality mm. to ever need to watch this again. Wow. I think you're in the oh. one percentile of people who really hate this movie. <laughs> um <laughs> 33 is a, is a rainbow to you. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, I got, I got two reviews. I pulled one, of course, is positive. One's negative. I pulled one negative critic score. This was actually from the late great Roger Ebert back in the day in 2004. He reviewed this movie. Uh, he said, there's so much flash. There's so much flashing forward and backwards. So many spins of fate. So many chapters in the journals that after a while, I felt that I as well as time was being jerked around. So he just didn't like all the back and forth and nonsense in this movie. Probably going back, I think, to just being so long of a movie. Like we said, maybe you could have cut back one flashback. Maybe you could have cut back one traumatic event that scarred him. We only need two. We probably don't need three. Um, yeah, so maybe it's that's too what much. It is, it's it is like, a lot. Yeah. Because you have to argue that after a while, why are you doing this? Oh, you're doing it for shock value. Okay, you yeah. got that. You got that in the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to mm-hmm. keep adding you know, worse and worse situations to the pile. Yeah. Um, uh, positive uh, audience score, though. Somebody that actually shouted this out, liking this movie, is in the 81 percentile. Um, this is from 2017. Uh, this is from Wolf M. Interesting name. Uh, this person said, uh, 10 years before people misunderstood the Babadook, they were misunderstanding the butterfly effect. This no. movie is... No. <laughs> no. I, knew I, was, I knew I wasn't going to get through that sentence before <laughs> <No>. Laura said something. <laughs> Let me finish. Let me finish. This movie is not for the simple minded, Laura. Uh, (laughs) It actually is. It is. (laughs) Uh, It has more meaning to it than most critics can understand. And Laura, this movie has to be the most underrated movie of all time. (laughs) It's not. Can I talk about it all the time? Can I get through like one sentence without a chuckle? I'm angry. I have another grinding gears, but on this review. Okay, wait. I got like two more sentences. Two more sentences. Kutcher, Kutcher does a stellar job in his in this time travel drama. There are a lot of taboo and touchy subjects, but the actors' performances throughout were fantastic. It was very hard hitting. Okay, and this key gave four out of five out of five stars. So you you disagree with all that, Laura? Don't you? I fully disagree. I actually think that this movie is for the simple minded. It's all laid out. There's nothing that you have to think deeply about. It's You're all crazy. spelled out for you. You're crazy. Uh, 
And it's just, like I said, it's shock value and really unfortunate situations piled on top of each other to make you feel terrible. But what? Simple-minded? No, come on. I I, I think I'm the complete opposite of you, Laura, because I think this there's so much going on in this movie. There's six different freaking time frames, timelines going on. There's connections back to the past. There's revealing blackouts. I feel like the writing of this movie connects all the dots very well in this movie. And to me, that's not simple at all to fucking do. Uh... It does connect all the dots, and there's nobody out there who has a question on what's going on. That's what I'm getting at, though. That that this is so well written, it does that very well. Not it's it. This is simple to do. <laughs> it's it's all very easy. It all folds together very easy. So you don't have to like be thinking. You just are reactionary to this mm-hmm. is horrible. But it's it's yeah okay. no. All right, where where are you at, Greg? Are you with Laura? <laughs> are you with me? Decide now. <laughs> With with the complexity of the story writing, I mean, so Laura, you you think it's for the simple minded? I I kind of agree with Rob. Like, it's not easy. All of those full circle moments were really refreshing to me. You know, the classroom drawing where he you find out that that drawing he was actually stabbing the two Nazis in the in the jail because he had gone back to try to create that stigmata effect. Being in the kitchen with a knife because he wanted to go back to try to destroy the bomb. Um, Right? Didn't his his dad try to choke him out because yeah. he mm-hmm. was saying, you know, at first he thought because his dad's crazy, he's in this institution, but he you find out he's trying to stop his kid from trying to keep messing with time. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there's even that moment where, do you remember when uh, Ash, Ashton Kutcher originally uh, got the, the bloody nose and he blacked out? Then they went to the brain doctor. He's an adult, right? <laughs> and he's, <laughs> what do you what do you call him? Neuros, neurosurgeon neuroscientist? That's great. Yeah. <laughs> brain doctors. This is very simple minded of you, that's Greg. That's a simple minded, Greg. Yeah. <laughs> well, no. So he's like, and he's of course he, he's like, oh, I already know what's going on. He's start, starting to do wheelies in the wheelchair, but then later he's actually in a wheelchair. Like, mm-hmm. there's so many connections in this movie that you write it off in the beginning. I think as what you're saying, Laura was, oh, it's just for shock value. He's just a disturbed kid, a lot, lot of trauma. But then they go back, um, and they almost like they 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 tie those timelines in together as like oh well he could have been there as an adult and it makes you just question further i don't think he was simple i thought it was pretty complex and, and I, well done okay i agree it's not a simple story it's a complex story but it ties together very neatly but mm-hmm. for someone to say this movie's not for the simple minded i disagree with that i think someone who goes into it knowing nothing left with no questions at the end of the movie that's what I'm arguing. Yeah. I mean, this is the thing is like, I feel like I can see both sides so clearly. This is what I was talking about earlier. I was like, I feel like the movie walks a very, very thin line between being annoyingly cliche hmm. and just shocking, attention, you know, attention grabbing kind of storytelling um, and being just trying to be strong in every scene because it, it was just very relentless. I mean, as a viewer, do you appreciate the overly gothic roommate? you know, naked women in a yeah. sorority house, the overly douchey <laughs> fat guys, <laughs> like coked out prostitute. All- um, I watch this movie and I'm like, I'm Ethan. There I am. I'm, I'm no, that guy. <laughs> all that stuff is, is so tiresome and tropey. Like as a viewer, you, it's ridiculous. But here's the thing is, does it get the point across? Like, yeah. And, the, and I think the speed of the scenes at which they go by, 
it's hard to stay annoyed at those things for too long. At least it was was for me. I mean, I can easily see why people got stuck on the whole like cheapness of it. It's very over the top. Like you could easily roll your eyes after every single scene. Um, but I don't know. I thought it was. I thought the way that they did that was very effective. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I read a lot of the critics that didn't like this movie, and a lot of them just shout out just it was too dark. That yeah, it, was just, it makes it was you too feel dark, bad. Too dark of a movie, you know. Which I mean, Hereditary is dark, but mm-hmm. the filmmaking is so stellar that I still like it. Whereas yes. this movie is just dark. The I'll, filmmaking you, is not that stellar. I don't I'll know. I'll give you that because, like, the, the one critic who Laura hated, uh, you know, shouting out, <laughs> shouting out the Baba Duke as like a reference point. Like, I kind of get that. Super dark uh, material, super fucked up movie, super fucked up ending. You oh, think about the I end of Baba Duke. But but the filmmaking in Babadook is so well done compared to this in two thousand four. Like you know, it's a oh, sense far that's, superior. Yeah. That's for, also that's for the time. The Babadook's a metaphor. Did this person just like not understand the Babadook <laughs> or what? Because they are not <laughs> anything. Know. They are literally not alike in mm-hmm. any way. I will die on this mountain. How okay, are they right. alike? All right, Tell all me. right. W- Wolf M. Laura's gonna stalk you and find you and. Make you have a bloody nose. Wolf uh, L. Wolf L is out to get Wolf yeah, L. Yeah, he's going to get him, yeah. Uh, let's get to our ratings then. We are, I think we already know where Laura's going. Uh, I was going to do how many butterflies, but I feel like we need to do how many bloody noses are you giving this movie? Uh, <laughs> Good how, switch. How bloody is your nose? Are there clots? What are you wiping it with? Let's get into the details here for Laura. Uh, <laughs> Greg, well, <go> first. <laughs> Wait what, a second. Uh-huh. Can I just clarify though? So bloody nose is a bad thing. So actually, if you get if you give it like a super bloody, super clotty, that's actually bad, right? We're not getting into like the amount of blood <laughs> is the determinant of the number. It's okay. just the uh, still one to five, Laura. How many noses are bloody? And then I guess you can get into like if you really hate it, then it's a lot of blood. I guess. All right. uh, I don't know. Whatever, however you want to take it, Laura. However you want to take it. Uh, it. Let's, let's go, Greg. First though, Greg, how's how's your nose doing? What are you rating this movie? <laughs> one to five. My nose is all right. Uh, (laughs) This is is so surprising of a movie. Like, this is definitely the type of movie that I would look at myself and say, this is trash because it's just, it's so over the top and it's just so ridiculous. But for some reason, I I align with with the viewer rating on this one. I mean, I liked how they didn't pull any punches. And you guys know this about me. We've talked about this with with other movies that we reviewed. I love when a movie is just so well-crafted. That's mm. like when I feel appreciation for the level, like attention to detail that they put into it, you've, you've really sold me and it allows me to skim by a lot of that ridiculous stuff. So I loved it. I love this movie. It's dark. What? I disagree. I, I would watch it again. I would wow. watch again. So I'm, I'm going to give this a very high four bloody noses. Wow. I know what's happening. I know what's what? happening. Oh, you what guys are mama's boys. That's what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody wants to upset Rob's mom. Well, I, I mean, I'll admit, yeah, I am definitely a mama's boy. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, don't I would just her. say this, like, I, look, to make this movie better, I think it, I would like to see it done by, like, Christopher Nolan or something where he takes it seriously and not, like, over the top. <laughs> like, he understands, like, the, the concept of time travel makes it a little bit more emotional, doesn't do all of the, the over-the-topness um, mm-hmm. and has better, you know, direction. But yeah. it's still good to me. This was very good. Mm-hmm. All right, Laura, we're we're over to you now, Laura. Laura I'm doesn't sorry. Know what's happening. Laura's, this is no, one of those... Laura's nose is actually bleeding right now. She's so angry. Okay, this is one of those episodes where I need to remind Greg about times he listening. gave a movie less than four. Uh, can we talk about this real quick? No, we can't read a we've, time. We've talked about this, Laura. We, Greg's ratings, we can't compare them to each other because he doesn't rate on like a normal scale. 
No, I'm yeah, I don't sorry. compare them to each other. You gave Insidious, which you loved, a 3.75. So you like Butterfly Effect more than Insidious. You gave Attack the Block a 3. He doesn't do uh, this, Laura. We've talked you about gave- look, look, each, Laura, hold up. Each individual rating to me is a reflection of mm-hmm. a movie's potential. I think Insidious, with a lot of changes, had 1.7 out of five to make up to make it a perfect movie this one did all that it could uh i thought it was very effective i'm not comparing yeah. one to the other Remember, laura we've talked about this you can't do this with greg you can do this with me because i could do compare ratings in a normal scale greg is uh some type of weird reality where he's like a mathematician or a scientist <laughs> or a, a brain doctor as he called it and he's he's, he's grading that scale but oh uh my God. But do you want me to go okay. next laura so you can yeah. talk to me about my rating yeah yeah, yeah. okay all right because it'll be very comparable to greg's uh i okay. dig this movie a lot I already said it. I dug it when I saw it back in the day. I questioned it when I saw the critic rating. Watching the movie, I still love this movie. I mean, I thought all the acting is really good in this movie. All the effects are good. My thing from like a story perspective, as somebody who writes for fun, being able to connect all these dots, everything pays off. There's not, to me, a a loose end that is not tied in. is super hard to freaking do. Other than I want to see Ethan Supley at the very end doing something cool. Um, but, but that's it. So I, I really dig this movie. I dig everything about it. As dark as it is, I still dig the way it works. You know what I mean? I still yeah. dig it. So I'm with Greg. I say four, two. Nice. I'm, I, <laughs> Laura's wishing she could read a journal right now and go back in time and not do this pod. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are going to hate me for this, but I originally was going to give this a two. This is wow. a two. Mm-hmm. However, I think we're still doing our our uh, DVD shelves on our website. One day, are we? <laughs> <laughs> One day, Greg will go back there and fix it somehow. Yeah, I don't have that this, many. I've got like seven to, to put up on there. This cannot be uh, on the three to four shelf. It can't. Oh, and if you're I give doing, it two, you're doing. If my I purge. give it two, yeah, oh. it, it's going to be on the three to four shelf. So I have wow. to do some quick math here. You sure. guys are so extra with this. That's ridiculous. <laughs> you're doing the Rob move with the purge. Yeah, I know. She is. <laughs> You started calculations. Greg, Greg, it was your idea to have this shelf, Greg. So you started this whole thing back in the day in your reality. It was a DVD shelf reality. It is calculation based. I actually think I need to do a. uh, It's going to be like a 0.25 bloody noses. No, I think I have to give it a one for it to be on the two to three shelf, which is where it belongs. Come on. But this movie. Go go back into your cocoon, Laura. That's ridiculous. (laughs) One. But you know really- what? Even if I give it a one, it's going to be a three. So actually, yeah, you can't do. Sorry, Laura. I'll, All right, I'll- listen, listen. Uh-huh. I'll keep it a two, but yes. I just hope that people know that I don't agree with where this is going to go on our, you know, our website. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, edit, I'm gonna edit out all this. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Who knew? I feel like we could probably argue about this for another hour. Yeah, we can't. Yeah, we can't. We gotta. Uh, go. So I I feel like who knew that the butterfly effect was going to do this to us? You know, this is why we have the pod, you guys. There this we is go. crazy. That's true. It's true. Yeah. Anybody <laughs> wants to email us in their ratings, who they align with, not who they like the best, because we know that's always Laura, but who they align with <laughs> on the scores. Uh, you can hit us up, ConjecturingPod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram at ConjecturingPod. Uh, so that's it. That's it for the review this week. That's it for the butterfly effect. Uh, let's just let it flap away into our memories. Uh, so uh, let's see. So next week, next week, uh, we got our next Pick Your Poison episode. So this is my pick. Uh, this one we're going to be interviewing a uh, comic book creator, Steve uh, Ure- Urena. I don't know if we 
figured out how to pronounce his name, actually. Urena, Urena. Um, Urania. One of the two. Yeah, it could be one of the two. Uh, he has a comic book coming out called Zombie Date Night. He has a Kickstarter for it. Uh, so we're going to interview him, talk about the, the comic book itself, talk a little bit about horror, something he likes. And it's going to be super fun, something I'm really interested in. Um, also, remember, please uh, keep sending Conjecture Choice picks uh, for other great movies like this, Butterfly Effect. Um, you can email us, ConjecturingPod at Gmail, Twitter, Instagram, at ConjecturingPod. Leave us a voicemail, podpage.com slash ConjecturingPod. Um, and also, you know, if you like our pod, check out our merch. Check out our merch store. Uh, it's uh, tpublic.com slash user slash ConjecturingPod. Uh, lastly, remember, subscribe, rate, review wherever you're listening to our podcast. Check out the Slash and Cast podcast network, network. So that's it from the gold room tonight. This has been the conjecturing. I've been Butterfly Rob. And Laura. <laughs> and Greg. Oh, wow. We had all different. Like I uh, changed, yeah. Yeah, we had all different emotions there, yeah. Until <laughs> uh, next time, remember horror is subjective, so conjecture away. So, yeah. Bye. See ya. <laughs> <laughs>